The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Welcome to Prognosis. I'm Laura Carlson. It's day 68 since coronavirus was declared a global pandemic. Our main story? In discussions about reopening regions for business, there's been talk of two big prerequisites, testing and contact tracing. Today, we're going to talk about the nitty-gritty of that second one, how hard contact tracing actually is, and how one country is getting it right. But first, here's what happened today. An experimental vaccine is showing promising results. In a small study of a drug made by the biotech firm Moderna, patients' immune systems were triggered to create a response to fight off the virus. The news is reason for cautious optimism that the global efforts to combat the pandemic will eventually succeed. The results are just a sample from the initial study. And the small study is designed to look at how safe it is to inject the drug into volunteers. But the study does suggest there are no major safety worries. That's a key hurdle to clear, since a vaccine would be given to millions of otherwise healthy people. Moderna is moving ahead with plans for a larger test to determine the right dose, as well as a phase three test with many thousands of patients. China will make its coronavirus vaccine a global public good, once one is available, according to President Xi Jinping. Xi spoke to the World Health Organization's governing body as concerns grow that countries will put their own interests first in the quest to stem the virus. The WHO is pushing a proposal that aims to ensure broad access to COVID-19 treatments and vaccines, while offering an appropriate reward to creators. Also in China, some 108 million people in the country's northeast are being forced back into lockdown. A new and growing cluster of infections there has caused a backslide in the nation's return to normal. In an abrupt reversal of the reopening across the country, cities in Jilin province have cut off trains and buses, shut schools, and quarantined tens of thousands of people. While the cluster of 34 infections isn't growing as quickly as the outbreak in Wuhan that started the global pandemic last December, China's swift and powerful reaction reflects its fear of a second wave. Finally, in Florida, one of several U.S. states where businesses are starting to reopen, the state reported a larger-than-average increase in new infections. Florida is expanding its reopening today to include Miami-Dade and Broward, the two most populous and hardest-hit counties. Elsewhere, Governor Ron DeSantis is loosening restrictions further. Retailers and restaurants will be allowed to have customers inside at 50% capacity, 
up from 25% in the initial phase of reopening. And now, our main story. As countries around the world try to figure out how to live with the virus, a very old public health strategy is on everybody's mind. Contact tracing. This is the laborious process of tracking down everybody that a coronavirus patient might have infected. It's tedious and time-consuming, but irreplaceable if you want to stop a disease from spreading. The World Health Organization has specifically praised one country for its contact tracing practices. Germany. The country has about a quarter the deaths of neighboring France, despite a more flexible lockdown. Last weekend, it continued its cautious move toward pandemic normalcy by letting restaurants reopen. Bloomberg reporter Naomi Kresge takes us to Würzburg, a region about an hour east of Frankfurt, to see what Germany is getting right about contact tracing. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Our story starts with Joachim Lazarek. Infections were never his specialty. Joachim, who was 39 years old, is a social worker, not a doctor. But when the new coronavirus swept into Würzburg, Germany, in early March, he found himself in the thick of the war against it. He's one of the city's contact tracers. It's like detective work. When someone in Würzburg tests positive for the virus, Lazarek interviews them to uncover any trail of illness they might have left in their wake. You can't make any mistakes. You have to ask things like, for example, whether they're living in a small apartment. Are you living with your partner and children? Is your grandmother also living there? Is it a large family? And then at work, did you take part in a meeting? Did you smoke a cigarette with someone on your break? Do you work at a hospital? For us, everything is important, and you have to follow up very carefully. Unlike the US, UK, and most other countries, Germany never gave up on contact tracing, even as infections ballooned. Thanks to some of the world's toughest privacy laws, the country's 375 local health authorities could not rely on digital surveillance for help. Instead, They recruited everyone from medical students to firefighters. These contact tracers spend untold hours on the phone. Together with a lot of testing and the luck of having the German outbreak spread first in younger and healthier people, contact tracers are one of the big reasons why Germany has about one-third as many coronavirus deaths per capita as the U.S. Mike Ryan, executive director of the WHO's Emergencies Program, recently praised Germany's testing and tracing. He said it puts the country in a good position to suppress the new infection clusters that inevitably will pop up as it emerges from lockdown. And he had a warning for those that are not putting in the same effort. Shutting your eyes and 
and, and trying to drive through this blind <clears throat> is about as uh, silly an equation as I've seen. Uh, and I'm really concerned that certain countries are setting themselves up for some seriously blind driving over the next few months. U.S. states are putting together their own armies of contact tracers right now, but they're starting late in the game. By all accounts, the country will need more than 100,000 people like Litzadek at a total cost in the billions. Würzburg is a case study for why that would be a worthwhile investment. Its first two virus cases emerged on March 4th in people who had just returned from Italy. Infections mushroomed from there. A young couple, a student and teacher who had been on a trip to the Alps, a handful of other school children. Most worryingly, the virus emerged in a local nursing home. On March 12th, an 83-year-old resident of that facility became the coronavirus's first victim in Bavaria and among the first in Germany. The health authority staff were already making calls. At the beginning, there were actually only a few people doing the investigating. And then, because the numbers were rising so high, we all started doing nothing but tracing. At first, it was like playing a public health version of whack-a-mole. Lazarek and the other contact tracers get their day's cases during an early morning meeting. The positive tests went to the tracing team, and then the tracing team would get to the phone. Because these people had been tested, we had their contact details. And in the conversations, the first order of business was to inform. To inform people that they'd had a positive test, and then to inform them about what that means to them. We had to tell them to isolate. People who test positive aren't allowed to leave the house. But then another big piece, something that is very important to me, is to give them information and try to calm their fears. They used a simple definition for contacts. Everyone with whom an infected person was face-to-face for more than 15 minutes, starting two days before their symptoms began. These contacts also have to be called, told to quarantine, and asked to track their health and write down any encounters, even something as fleeting as a package delivery person coming to the door. If they develop symptoms, they're tested. And for those who test positive, a tracer goes back to the beginning to investigate that person's contact chain. In the early weeks, the cases piled up. On March 20th, when Bavarian Premier Markus Söder put the state into lockdown, Würzburg had 54 new infections. By early April, Lazarek and his colleagues were working flat out. He soon found himself leading a team of other tracers. Then it did happen that we were doing the investigating for six or seven days a week and sometimes up to 14 hours a day. They recruited medical students, youth welfare officers, and administrators from other agencies to double the number of tracers on the phones. Other recruits managed the tide of paperwork and data entry. They got a real database instead of makeshift Excel spreadsheets. Counting everybody including doctors to manage who goes into and out of quarantine. The team swelled to more than 100 people. Lazarek started training the new recruits. We look really closely at every single case, and we talk together in the team about how to proceed. But slowly, social distancing started to reduce the number of contacts that had to be traced. On April 24th, for the first time, there were no new virus cases to distribute in the morning meeting. 
By May 14th, the team had released more than 2,500 people from quarantine, and more than 700 of the area's 869 virus cases had recovered. 59 people had died. Würzburg is just one small cog in the German contact tracing machine. On a federal level, Germany has said it's aiming for one team of five tracers per 20,000 inhabitants, which works out to almost 21,000 tracers nationwide. There are some challenges. Though the government has earmarked 50 million euros for a technology update, critics say that's not enough. And a promised app to identify potential contacts based on cell phone proximity has yet to materialize. As Germany slowly eases restrictions on public life, Litzarek and other contact tracers are far from finished with their work. The number of German cases has ticked up slightly, driven by local outbreaks and meatpacking plants and nursing homes. Chancellor Angela Merkel said last week that health authorities will be the deciding point for whether these chains of infections can be followed and shut down. I can tell you that committed people are working there. They will manage this task, and we will provide the necessary backup, together with the states. That was Naomi Kresge in Berlin. And that's our show today. For coverage of the outbreak from 120 bureaus around the world, visit Bloomberg.com coronavirus. And if you like the show, please leave us a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It's the best way to help more listeners find our global reporting. The Prognosis Daily Edition is produced by Topher Forges, Jordan Gaspure, Magnus Henriksen, and me, Laura Carlson. Today's main story was reported by Naomi Kresge. Special thanks to Philip Korn and Karen Matusik. Original music by Leo Citrin. Our editors are Francesca Levy and Rick Schein. Francesca Levy is Bloomberg's head of podcasts. Thanks for listening. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.